Oh, also, I left off one story that we kind of got to talk about. We kind y'all know the story too. Y'all know the story. It includes I'm not no, no magic break. I'm not <laughs> gotta talk. We got to We got to do it. We got fellas. We got to do it. I know we left it off the rundown, but we gotta do it. We just okay. we we gotta do it. It's not. I promise you, it's not something that I want to talk about. But we we kind of gotta do it, you know. But but you know. We want to talk about fun stuff right now. And obviously, today is Halloween. It's spooky season, as the kids call it. Uh, and and so, you know, we've got Halloween things going on and whatnot. So in lieu of a would you rather, I'm going to ask you for your best and worst Halloween experiences. And we have a secret uh, surprise question. It's a surprise to the fans. You all have already been told this question. I've had time to think about it. Um, on the back end of that. So best and worst Halloween experiences. Go for it. Um, try, Trying to think of best, trying to think back to the childhood, because, of course, <clears throat> all of us have been through adults that have gone to college, you know, and Halloween is a different time as far as uh, aesthetics. It's a great time. Yeah. So, time. you know, <laughs> I'm sure we, we've all had some great Halloweens as adults. Um, yeah. yeah. But as a kid, I don't know, as a kid, just Halloween was different. Like, I take my nieces, this would be the first year I don't take my nieces trick-or-treating, but you take them trick-or-treating every year, and just going with them, you got gaps where it's like half a block where the light's not on, people not giving out candy. You, I feel like it used to be warmer during Halloween when I was a kid. Every t- every year when I'm in Michigan, I take them trick-or-treating. It's either raining, it's almost snowing, it's cold. The kids don't have a desire to get candy no more. Like these kids that walk four or five blocks and be like, I'm tired. I want to go home. Like, I don't know. For some reason, when I was a kid, I remember we used to be out there trick or treating for like hours on end coming home with like sacks of candy. Yeah. My niece is walking the crib with like a little a little pumpkin bucket of some candy and they be cool. I mean, let's just be honest, bro. That sack of candy, your parents ate most of it and threw it out. Yeah, anyway. yeah. <laughs> that, that's like, facts. <laughs> like, but, that, but that first night, boy. It was just the aesthetic, really, of coming back <laughs> with that huge haul it was, of candy. It was, it was the principle. It was the fact that I worked for that candy, bro. That's facts. That's facts. That's facts. What What was your worst Halloween experience? Or do you not have one? No, specifically. As a matter of fact, I'll, I'll get the worst one started. I'll get the worst one started. Go ahead. Go ahead. So... I grew up in a very religious household, just in case y'all did not know. (laughs) I was one of those kids that was in church Sunday morning at 930 for uh, for the Bible study or for Bible school. Sunday school. Sunday school. Sunday school. Sunday school. 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 It's been a minute. It's been a minute. So I was there 930 for Sunday school. I was there for the main service at 1030. And then I was also there for second service. I was there for uh, vacation Bible school. I was there for choir rehearsal. I was there for Bible study on Wednesdays. I was always in the church if I wasn't, you know, uh, doing something football related. And so, um, obviously, I don't know if y'all know this or not, but do y'all know what like churches call Halloween and whatnot? Um, Devil's Night, right? 
It's like no, Devil's, Devil's Night was the night before. Was Devil, the night before. Devil's Night. Yeah. So Devil's Night was like what they were combating with Angel's Night. Yeah. And so like you would walk in and they would give you this like giant bag of candy. Now, don't get me wrong. It was a big bag of candy, but it was like we were all in like a, a really big church. This is the church that's right off of um, Southfield Freeway on um on Plymouth. It's that it's the church that's right there where it yeah, used yeah, to be yeah. at Wendy's. Yeah, we were all in there and um it was like so hot because it was indoors. Like it was so hot and I wore a full Power Ranger suit. I mean like head to toe <laughs> covered as the Red Ranger and like entered a little uh entered a little like costume uh costume contest and all that. And I didn't realize, like, at the time, it was, like, fun. Right, but, like, yeah, looking like, back I, I at gotta it. I got to say, j- just based on how long I've known you and your stature, something tell me you always been built the same way. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. So I was a, a pretty big I, kid. So a, a cocky yeah. red ranger is hilarious, bro. Yeah. Oh, that, they literally. <laughs> listen, and this is why, like, at the time, like, I was feeling good about myself and, like, oh, doing a little costume thing. And the dude was like, that's the biggest Power Ranger I've ever seen. I'm like, bro, <laughs> what's good with you, bro? Like the night was smooth up until that moment, bro. Like the crowd start laughing. I'm like, bro, what's good with bro? You like, lucky I wasn't there, kids. I was with that boy. Got stretched. Listen, fans. listen. Looking back, stretch fans. Looking back, looking back on it as an adult, I'm like, bro, what was? What were we on? Like, why couldn't you either let us go regular trick or treating, or just buy a bunch of candy and leave it at the crib? Why would we do that? So that was probably my worst experience. That was probably my worst. Uh, but my best was actually as an adult. I'll start buying. So, like, I'm not going to lie. I have always dreamed of being the house that buys king-size candy bars. Yeah. And when I had bread, like, I had a job that I was making crazy bread at. You know, I was doing great for myself. And um, I became one of those houses. I had, my apartment had king-size candy bars. And I had, like, a hundred of them things, bro. hundred king-size candy bars. And um, it got to the point where toward the end of the night, I'm like, oh, the kids is coming too sparingly. Like, I got too much candy here. So I start giving them like two, three bars, man. I, I felt good. It felt good giving them kids. Seeing them kids like light up. Like, oh, my God. Thank you, mister. It's like, oh, you're, you're welcome, man. You know what I mean? Good job. Good job by me. But that was probably my best and worst, you know. All right. Um, so a lot like Giz, I grew up in the church home my whole life, too. I did the Sunday school, the morning service. We ain't do the afternoon service because, you know, the, the pastors like to run it back for the afternoon service at my church. Yeah. So we only went to one service. Um, my worst experience was at the church one year, too. So they had us all come in for Angels Night. Hold right? on, hold on, hold on. Re-rocking the message is crazy. Why would you re-rock the message for the second? <laughs> well, he would have the What's same the topic. He would have this because it was different groups that used to go to both sides. Oh, okay. Right, I got you. Because right. it was spread out. Like it wasn't like 1030 service ended at 1230. And then he mm-hmm. didn't have another server till 430 because it was people that worked like night shifts and stuff like yeah. that. So he I wanted to accommodate them. I do want to say for the time being, we are still a, uh, a, a rated PG show. Um, so a lot of y'all don't know about the inner workings of our lives. The fact that the three of us grew up in a church is nuts. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. But honestly, honestly, it kind of tracks. It kind like if you look at us, it it like it works itself out to be like, yeah, yeah, all three of them. It, it kind of works out. But go ahead, Chris. Go ahead. So yeah, we go to church on Angel on Angels Night for Halloween one year. I think I was a ninja because that was like the theme back then, like being a ninja, mm-hmm. just like that's always the thing for, for Halloween, right? 
So yeah. we get to church, and I promise you, my uncle the pastor, so I still hold, I still cook him for this this day. He promised it was gonna be the best candy of our lives in church. He promised like, oh y'all. He get popped so up with candy. the RC Cola Pop Rocks. No, nah, no, nah, bro, I got one better for you. Bad, so the, the church I went to, the church I went to, right? It was on the <laughs> Forgotten Harvest program. So anybody know about Forgotten? Harvest, it's when the grocery store got like food that might go bad. They give the extra food. food. Yeah. They give it out, right? So one of the the stores that was part of that was Metro Food Land, the one that's used that's Glory Food Land now, right? It's not Metro Food Land, it's Glory Food Land over there on Grand River, right? If you ever took the bus to cash, you know if Glory Food Land, I'm talking about on Grand River. We know. We know exactly what you're talking about. So I guess the truck came and my uncle, he knew it was a lot of candy on it because his brother, which is my other uncle, was the one unloading it. So he was like, it's a lot of candy back there. We could just get that out to the kids for Halloween. But neither one of them checked the candy, right? So we go and, you know, I'm, I got a whole pumpkin, like one of them jumbo pumpkins ready to load up on candy. While I get there, it's nothing but almond joys. It's nothing but almond joints. <laughs> like, literally a whole pallet of almond joints. I'm like, I'm like, hey, listen, I, I love almond joints, but a whole pallet of them is crazy. That's I, I, just, I love almond joints, but the little mini ones after like four or five. Yeah, I'm cool, yeah. bro. Well, yeah. well, I don't like <laughs> almond joints. I don't like almond joints. So I guess. When my uncle come down to see that, he like, oh, man, I ain't know it's all the same candy. Like, we should have looked at this. So he sent some of the ladies out, and they went to the store and bought a bunch of big bags, and then we did trick or trunk around the church parking lot. But when I tell you, I still, to this day, get mad when I see Almond Joys. I get mad when I see Almond Joys. <laughs> <laughs> and then Fair my, enough. Fair enough. my best experience, right, and this is crazy, this happened. So my uncle, my other uncle, I got five uncles, by the way. My other uncle went to, um, he lived in Sherwood Forest, right? So we we used to always get together after church and go over there. But as we got older, it kind of started being hard for us to go to church because like we would go after practice and stuff and church would be over for events like that. Right. Mm-hmm. When I'm playing sports. So we used to meet up in Sherwood Forest around eight, go trick or treating. And why it was a brother out there with them Jesus 11 sandals. Right. Jesus 11 sandals. Right. So we, we, we ring the doorbell. He like, oh no, y'all, I ain't buy no candy, but I work for a meat a meat spot. I work for a meat spot. Bro, barbecuing and giving out barbecue for Halloween. Stop playing, bro. Bro, bar- and that was Listen. that was your best. Bro, barbecuing and giving out barbecue. What you mean? He was giving out ribs, burgers, dogs. Bro, don't. Why would you? Why would I it's want? Sure. Why would I want ribs I as a hungry. child that's trick-or-treat? How old are you? Oh, I was about 15 at the time. Oh, that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, that makes sense. Because yeah. yeah. oh, well, eight-year-old me is not picking some ribs no, over oh God. bro. Oh, God. Like, bro. <laughs> nah, I'm nah, be looking at some like, ribs, bro. What's going that was on probably here? My, that was probably my last year. And then I realized, like, that, that year made me realize, like, Bro, we do this just because we always been doing this. We're a little too old for this. And we can really just barbecue ourselves and, like, you know, start eating some good food instead of eating all this candy for real. So, like, that that Halloween was, like, the most memorable one because probably the last one I actually did some kid-like activities. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not going to lie to you. My CTE kicking in already. I can't remember, like, any of the Halloweens except for, like, those two and, like, two other ones. It was one where, like, 
I was pulling up to people's houses in like different fits, but it was the same fit. I just had on a letterman and I would like take it off and then put like the white tee over my face and be like, I'm a ghost. And then like <laughs> the other time I would just come with it down and like I had a little ghost mask on and nobody ever caught me. It was nice. It was nice. But yeah, those are about the only three I ever remember. Um, so, you know, uh, we we got some some spooky topics to touch on today uh, because, you know, obviously this is a sports show. And one of the biggest stories in sports is about one of the biggest men in sports and Dwight Howard. And we got we got to talk about it. I'm sorry. I know. I know this ain't going to be fun to talk about, but we got to talk about it. And speaking of taking something, Michigan, they still in signs. What's going on with Harbaugh and company? And uh, if we're talking about on the gridiron, football season has moved along far enough to where we're at the point where we can do some facts and acts of the year. And we've got one week of basketball down. These rookies will be included. These teams will be included. Y'all boys ready to get into it? Ready yes, for sir. it. All righty. Well, let's do it. What's up, y'all? Have a seat. It's your favorite hour of the week with the facts over Axe Crew. We got the Mix and Master, the master of the Mix and Master, Josh Guyton in the building. That is I. We got the money man, the man to plan, Chris Allen in the building. Right here, right here. And then you got the little old MC. That's me, Ken Gibbs. Now, Josh, quick question. What is the doggo's name in the background? Because uh, they Dexter. are a paid actor. Dexter is a paid actor in this. Man, I just, Dexter we just wanted is to make a, sure. It's a menace. We, we just wanted to make sure that we gave Famous Dex his credits before we, we went forward with this at, show. At, at also, this dog also, pee got, on the neighbor dog, bro. <laughs> What? Went over to the fence, sniffed him, peed on dog, then went back in the creek. <laughs> like, I've never met a more, I'm trying to think of a way to phrase it on a podcast, but like, just like a more nonchalant dog. So wait, the other dog just kind of sat there and was, was chilling? Yeah, it was a little tidy dog. What was he going to do? Leave what? Like, <laughs> nah, nah, bro. See, see, if I was the neighbor, now nah, I got to beat you up in front of our dogs. So, like, something got to shake. Somebody got to. Yeah, I mean, oof, that's yeah. tough. That's and, tough. And also, I got to bring this up from the past. Blast from the past. But now that guy ain't got a bed behind him, make sure anytime he don't leave his bed, mate, y'all cook him. Because when I didn't have my <laughs> one bed, not made one time. When I have my bed in hey, my background. The cover on that. Look, these clothes hey, listen, folded. It's listen. just a little blanket right here. No, no they better. He just got a little duvet. It's the a little bed is it's, Hey, listen, I just start cleaning my office. This is my office just got clean. So I'm out of this. Yeah, I mean, y'all take care of y'all on that. But, fellas, we got to talk about it, okay? This the White Howard situation. All right. We, we got to start here. This the White Howard situation. He is being accused of sexual assault by a, a, a gentleman uh, by the name of Steve. I have not seen the last name at the moment, but he's being accused of sexual assault by a gentleman named Steve. And he says it is not sexual assault because um, everything that happened was consensual. And um, with that being said, this story has generated a lot of buzz, a lot of a lot of folks been talking about this thing, fellas. What are y'all thinking here? Uh, we haven't tackled a, a topic on facts over X, you know, previously. But one, I do want to say if this is a case of sexual assault and it is not consensual, I'm assuming it's going to go through the legal processes and, you know, um, we'll, we'll find out whether or not that's true, hopefully. Um, but besides that, I think we should just treat it like any other case. Yeah. It's been, you know, they say where it's smoke is fire. 
and we've been hearing I don't want to call the accusations because that would make it seem like something that's wrong with Dwight Howard's lifestyle. But over the past four or five years, definitely well before we started this podcast, we've heard the the, the rumors of Dwight Howard uh, having a certain preference when it came to the bedroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whispers have, it, have it, turned it don't into, shock me. The whispers have turned into screams at this point. The whispers truly have. Uh, so, you know, Chris, what you what you thinking, man? And, and honestly, Chris, I. If you need to abstain from this, I fully understand. Like, I fully understand. You know what I mean? Because my mother so, always taught me, if you ain't got nothing nice to say, don't say it. So, I, I understand. I ain't going to be mad at you. I, if you're gonna I, I'm going to try to bring the comedy up in this situation the uh, best mm-hmm. way I can. I mean, I'm, I'm going to refrain from saying anything that can incriminate me. Because <laughs> uh, as a leader of a facility, I don't want anything to come back to me and incriminate me. So, yeah. um, y'all remember the movie, The Interview, right? And y'all remember the opening scene with Eminem in the movie, The Interview, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I feel like Dwight Howard been leaving us them breadcrumbs, right? I feel like he's been leaving us them breadcrumbs. He's been leaving like, us the loaf. He's yeah. been leaving us the whole loaf. <laughs> like, 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 why are we really surprised about, like, like, it's so much, it's so many videos out there and like showing like, like, oh, this kind of makes sense. Like, when this came out, I'm like, uh, duh. Like, he been kind of doing this, like, his whole career. Like, why yeah. is it a big deal now? Like, y'all ain't want to say nothing about it before. Now y'all want to say something about it. So I feel like these people need to go ahead, leave that man alone. Go ahead, let him do what he do. I, I wish he just, you know, because he could turn this into a positive spin if he was smart and make some money. But... All I know is it's just it's not it's not it's not nothing new. It's nothing new. Nothing new. You know, and and I want to I want to make sure that we get this thing as proper credence here. So uh, the lawsuit filed in Gwinnett County listed multiple counts, assault, battery, intentional infliction of emotional distress, false imprisonment, uh, one kind of punitive dan- damages due to willful misconduct, malice and wantonness. OK, um, so that's that's what uh, he's he's looking at right now. And here's my whole thing about this. Right. I think that people are focusing on the wrong part of this story. I think there are too many people that are like hampering or like hammering down the fact, you know, no pun intended, that like, oh, he's he he likes men or whatever the case may be. That's not the important part of this story. This is not his first allegation of like, you know, assaulting somebody or or something along those lines. Like, this is not the first time. That's the problem here. There was, remember, one of the whispers in the past was about um, was about a another person that was transgender and, and he was allegedly, had allegedly threatened them to like keep them quiet and all that and, and whatnot. And so, you know, again, whoever you love is who you love. You know what I mean? However you do it is how you do it. We all do it funny to somebody, right? Like, let's just be honest. There, There is not a single one of us that if everybody knew whoa, our proclivities... Whoa, whoa, no, no, for real, for real. Let's, let's, be, let's be honest. Let's be honest. It's not a single one of us that if everybody knew our proclivities, nobody would look at us and say, you in a what? But that that does not... That's a whole different thing from, you know... At, all I say all the time is, as long as all parties are consenting adults... That's all that matters to me. Right. That's all that matters to me. I don't care who you do it, how you do it, what you do. But there seems to be a, a pattern of non-consent here 
And again, I'm not going to say, hey, just because there's an allegation, it's the truth because I've seen it in my personal life. I've seen it. I've seen people have allegations that, you know, in, in different ways for different reasons or whatever the case may be. However, two very different situations where they come up with very similar stories about somebody over a decent span of time. Mm. Dwight, what you doing, dog? What you doing? Right. And, the, and the video of him like saying, oh, y'all always worried about other people's business. It becomes other people's business when the law gets involved, Dwight. That's how it works, brother. That's how it works. And again, I do agree that people are worried about the wrong part of this thing. But man, you need to seek some help. You need to get some help because it, you got a problem, dude. You you might have a problem. Let me just say that. If these, if these allegations are true, you got a problem that you need to get worked out because that is... I mean, let's just be honest. You're a multimillionaire that's 6'11", and you're still, to this day, regardless of what your athletic ability is and how it's diminished, you're still built. You're jacked. What are you doing? Like, let's just be honest. There is not a single community where, like, there's a ton of yous just walking around. Like, that's not... Right. What are you doing, Dwight? What are you What are you really doing here? So, you know, we, we hope that that gets resolved and that, you know... There is justice for any party that has been wronged out of this uh, one way or the other. But now we got to talk about somebody else taking some hardball. They said he been stealing signs. They said that boy has been out here stealing signs. And there is a staffer with an alleged over 60 page manifesto of how he planned to become the head coach at the University of Michigan. Now, the sign stealing has been allegedly going on for three years. Fellas, what y'all thinking? Is this a lot of something? Is this a lot of nothing? What y'all thinking? Um, I think it's a lot of nothing. Now, I'm not, we established on the show multiple times before that I'm not the foremost ex, uh, football expert on the panel. But at the same time, um, from the allegations that I was reading, that sounds like a scouting department to me. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a part of sports. I thought that was a part of the game. Now, this isn't a case where, like, if you look at the Houston Astros, for example, they knew specific calls internally and were giving signals during the game of what pitch was coming, what play was coming. It sounds to me as if they were going to other teams' games, analyzing what was happening on the field, corresponding with what they thought the coach was was, was calling. Right. I didn't know that there was protocol against that. Yeah, yeah. And that, and that's my biggest problem with it. That's my my thing is I think that people are blowing this out of proportion or completely sweeping it under the rug one way or the other. When in reality, I think it's a lot of something in the fact that a rule was broken. You know what I mean? Whether or not the rule is legit or whether or not the rules should stand, that makes me no never mind. The question is in this instance, was the rule broken? The rule is you cannot go to your opponent's games in person with the sole intent and purpose of scouting. You cannot do that, right? And so the staffer who did so, I think he broke those rules. I think that whatever penalty comes down on Michigan for that should come down. But I think people are blowing this out of proportion. Like, oh, Jim Harbaugh needs to never coach in college football again. Or, oh, like, this doesn't matter because you still got to physically stop it. Let me explain something to y'all. As you increase in level, the difference between the best and the worst shrinks a lot. It shrinks bit by bit by bit. The difference between the best and worst in high school, in high school, you can literally tell the worst guy on the field, this is exactly what I'm doing. This is how I'm doing it. 
That boy cannot stop that in a month of Sundays. He is only out there because his parents forced him to be on that field. He hates it there. He absolutely hates it there. You're going to destroy that kid. In college, um, you're looking at a bunch of other Division I athletes. If they know where you're going, um, it's it's generally going to work out well for them. Right. It's going to work out well. So, you know, I'm... If they had stolen the signs off the sideline and whatnot, I would say it's a whole lot of nothing. But because you broke protocol, that's the only reason that I'm looking at this thing saying, hey, whatever penalty the NCAA hands down, so long as it is in accordance with the penalty for this, um, for this, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Indiscretion normally, I'm all right with it. Chris, what say you? Uh, you know, out of all the things that could come out of college football, to me, this is just like, the, the the tiniest battle that they, they yeah. should really be focused yeah. on, right? Let, let's be honest here. Like it's a lot wrong with college football. A lot wrong with college football, right? And for them to be focused on this instead of the other things where you have like people getting um grades changed to play in a game, people, you know, not taking school serious, people not able to go up show up on campus because they make so much money in NIL deals, stuff like that. You know, um, I think they should worry about stuff like that more so than this, because this to me in general is just a situation where you got caught mm-hmm. and you, you couldn't do nothing about it. And now you whining about it. Like as a society, we have gotten really, 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 really soft. Right. And I say this to say, right. I'll give you an example. In my little league baseball, we played in Rosedale Park. Right. That was the Rosedale Park Grandma Baseball League. Right. We had one coach in there that coached college, but he was doing it for the neighborhood, being a legacy coach. He did all type of crazy signs, right? At the end of the season every year, you play travel team where all the teams that were different, you take the best talent on all the teams and put them on one team, right? Yeah. And he would teach us his signs, right? Teach us his signs. And we learned quickly that them signs, him doing all that stuff on his face and his arms and stuff don't mean nothing, right? Yeah. It's just you got to look for the one indicator, right? One yeah. indicator. And he changes it because obviously each year we go into our separate teams again and we go on against each other. Right. But if we figured out one, he would laugh at us. He would laugh at us and be like, oh, y'all good. Y'all figured me out right there. I'm not creative enough. Right. But Mm -hmm. he used it to his advantage. He figured out that we didn't, you know, we we, we knew the sign and he did. And he started throwing dummies. Yeah, Yeah, he started throwing dummy signs. Right. So that's what I mean by the world has gotten really soft, right? Like, yeah. how do you cry about something and want them to change something or investigate something instead of saying, you know what? Next time I got something for that. Next yeah. time we're going to do something about that. Right? So are, are, are you not allowed to watch film? Yeah, you're allowed to watch film. You're allowed to watch film. You just cannot. Again, the, the rule is you cannot go in person to the to their game, to your opponent's game. What if I want to watch the game? Yeah, you can't go for scouting purposes. <laughs> so, like, let's say, let's say that this, this, like, the uh, staffer who did this, let's say that he was a guy who, like, just enjoyed Big Ten football. Like, for whatever reason, he just loved watching Brian Ferentz call an offense. Which, by the way, nobody loves watching Brian Ferentz call an offense, <laughs> including his daddy Kirk, who got him that job. But, <laughs> but you know, he would, he could go to the game, sure. You cannot go for scouting purposes. You cannot do that. That is the part that makes it illegal. So 
if they can prove that he went to Scott, which, and, and by the way, and I'm going to touch y'all's shoulder when I say this, University of Michigan and anybody who plans on doing crimes in the future, do it in cash. Do it in cash. Stop having a clear paper trail that, oh, look, I'm committing crimes. I, 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 did, I didn't know it was a paper you, trail. That's, that's kind of nuts. Why are y'all Venmoing each other? Oh, yeah, you're in this state sending for this game. Sending for. <laughs> Don't tell me you got a note. Don't tell me you got a note with the payment. It has notes <laughs> on the payment. <laughs> All right, I'll that's tell you say. what. That's for insane. one of the top rated public institutions in America and in the world, that's some real mid ball right there. That's some real mid level ball. Any anybody who knows it, and see, this is the problem when y'all have too many people that are from the same background. Because anybody who knows anything about anything would have told no. Mm-mm. Everything needs to be done in cash. Everywhere that he travels, he needs to be by himself. And it, it, the, y'all, we need to go ahead and just have cash already distributed to him so that he don't got to ask for nothing or anybody else is going, ain't got to ask for nothing. We already got what we need. Just, just foolishness. Just embarrassing yourself. But again, me personally, I'm on the side of whatever penalty comes down, it comes down, and I ain't mad at it. Now, fellas, we got to talk about the big news. We got a woge bomb at 2 in the morning. I know a lot of fellas got that notification on their phone and a lot of women threw that phone at them very aggressively. <laughs> Who is Woj and why is she texting you right now? Hey, well, they- hey, somebody, somebody said that's because Hart finally answered the phone leaving the club. That's why they sent this so late. <laughs> <laughs> it's because Daryl Moore was in the club with them. They were celebrating their divorce together. Hey, you know, that's the new deal. <laughs> Everybody celebrating divorce. They was in the club talking about, hey, we're going to retire some strippers tonight. Daryl said, hell yeah, let's roll, baby. <laughs> let's roll. You better go to your brother. You are a clipper. Let's do it. But, but in all seriousness, this is one of the biggest trades that we've ever seen this early in the season because generally we see movements like this either in the offseason or at the trade deadline, but not at the beginning of the season. So the trade goes as follows. The Clippers receive James Harden, P.J. Tucker, and Philip Petrusev, I'm sorry, Petrusev, and the 76ers receive Robert Covington, Nick why the redacted is Batum in Batum, Marcus Morris, KJ Martin, an unprotected 2028 first round pick, two second round picks, a first round pick from the Thunder, and a first round pick swap with the Clippers. Fellas, tell me, what are y'all thoughts on this trade? I think Who you got that his winners, losers. What does all that look like for you? It's it's a super win. It's a super win for the Clippers. And I know people say that unless this results in a championship for the Clippers, then it's not a win. But you have to think of both sides of the coin when you look at these trades. When I say that, you have to think of what becomes of this team if they don't make that trade and what becomes of this team if they do make that trade. The Clippers got significantly better with James Harden. I don't care who you are. If you give away some role players who, one, aren't getting that getting that many minutes to begin with and two are replaceable and replacing it with a 10 time all-star a former MVP and even though he's taking a step back James Harden still averaged 21 6 and 10 last year yeah you're adding that along with PJ Tucker who is a better replacement on your team in my opinion than Nick Batum than Robert Covington than Marcus Morris 
So you replace three players with two players who are significantly, one is slightly better and the other is significantly better. On top of that, what you gave up was a pick swap, which if you look at the future of Philadelphia, I can't even promise you that Philadelphia is going to be a decent enough team four years from now to cash in on that. On top of that, they only gave up one other pick, which was the Clippers. And we know the Clippers history, giving up one first round pick four years from now, they probably aren't going to do much with it. So you want to get as good as you can right now. And they did that without giving up, which I would consider the Clippers future. They still have Terrence Mann. They still have Bones Highland. They still have Norman Powell. They still have Evisa Zubak, which behind those three star players that they had were the next four in line that got the most touches on that team. Yeah. Yeah. My biggest question is what under God's green earth were the Bulls coming with? Because to be quite honest, like this is a good, good deal for the Sixers. This is not the type of deal that I'm like, oh, that's that's unbeatable. That's unbeatable. This is not the kind of deal you want to give up James Harden for, in my opinion. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm looking around like, okay, I understand that the divorce was ugly. Y'all didn't want him there. He didn't want to be there. I understand all those things. What's going on? What, what what were the Bulls talking? Were they saying Lonzo in the second or something? Like, what's going on here that somehow the Bulls team that was leading for so long? If, if, if I'm being honest, if you found a way to get him healthy, a healthy Lonzo ball is more valuable than Nick Patoon, Robert Covington, and Marcus Morris combined. But here, and, and that's what I'm saying. And here's my biggest problem with this whole thing. The Bulls are much closer to being bad than the, the Clippers, I'd like to believe. Yeah. I think that they're much closer to being bad, which means what? That their picks are immensely more valuable. If you can get a pick two years from now. They don't have Rose, no picks, though. They don't really have Ah, picks. that's Remember fair. Remember, they, they got Vuk and they got that's the Martin Rosen. Yeah. That's fair. And Lonzo Ball to that, to that man. No, Lonzo oh, signed okay. free agent, I think. I think, actually. Okay, well, you know what? From that angle, it makes sense. Thank you for mm-hmm. correcting us there. We are not above being wrong on facts over acts, but I just... This, this whole... It's like they really gave them like, hey, uh, we got y'all want James Harden. I mean, we want James Harden. What we're willing to give up is um, two comforters from Walmart and a Fashion Nova shipping code. That's it. That's all we give it. And they got away with it, too, because this boy, I tell you what, Chris, what are you thinking in terms of this trade? Listen, 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 listen. It was another superstar. Well, not superstar. Another former all-star. Right. Another former all-star that have been mm-hmm. traded for a deal just like this to the Timberwolves. Gibbs, can you name that all-star from former all-star? Uh, what was it, Jimmy Butler or? Rudy Gobert. Ru- oh, Rudy Gobert. Well, Rudy this Gobert's a- deal was bigger than this, though. Rudy Gobert deal, they gave up way more. For they, they, they gave yeah, up they four gave players up. and four picks. This yeah, deal and all three players was, what and was three it? picks. What was it, three first-round picks, though? It had to be three. No, Wait, it the, was like. The, the Timberwolves it, gave up three first unprotected. Yeah, yeah, that, that's kind of the Clippers yeah, yeah, yeah. gave up one unprotected, one of OKC's picks in a pick swap. Okay, but okay, this deal of the, the sizes of the deals are similar, is what I was pointing out, right? Okay, I, I, I get what you're and, saying and, in terms and, of the total and, amount of assets moving. Right, I get you. Right. Now, how did that return of investment work for the Timberwolves? Oh, it's been awful, it's been god awful, terrible. Hey, okay, okay. Uh, Who would have guessed Cat can't play the four in today's NBA? <laughs> Who could have known this? Who could have so, told them that boy is a five and y'all need to sit his big tail in the post? Who could have said it? But go ahead, Chris. So I say that to say, right? I say that to say, Clippers, 
you have the best defender in the league, in my opinion, on a, mm-hmm. a perimeter defender. You have the second best perimeter p- defender in the league, right? And both of them brothers can play and score the basketball. You just added the best assist man for the last two years in the league to your team. And you got a swing guy that you can have play with your second unit in Russell Westbrook, who looks way better playing with the Clippers than he did with the Lakers, right? Yeah. What's your excuse going to be now? What's your excuse going to be now? When Harden don't show up. When Harden wants out of there. When Harden want this. When Harden want that. What's your excuse now? Kawhi don't want to. He want to load manage. Paul George got hurt with a shoulder problem. Knee problem. What's Westbrook playing with? Zubak Terrence Mann. What's going to be your excuse now? What's going to be your excuse now? See, and you, Philadelphia. You oh, go ahead. Go count ahead. your days. That brother Joe L and B, he's not probably he's he not he is probably gonna be on the first train out of there. If he ain't it, caught yet, his demeanor is going to drop, his productivity is going to drop, and that brother ain't gonna want to have nothing to do with the seventy sixers organization. Yeah, and guess what? You only have Tobias Harris and Joe L and B who have sizable contracts to get an All Star. So guess what that means? The process is over, and you got to start the process all over again. And your best player being Tyrese Maxey, a 6'2 guard? Their best player being Tyrese Maxey by a very sizable gap. Tyrese Maxey, a 6'2 guard that can kind of play defense? So, you know, the 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 interesting thing about this is... I, I look at this situation and I say to myself, Joel B's days are numbered, but because the process is now processed with an ED on it. It's processed, it's ran its course, it's done. Yeah. But I look at this and it's kind of got me thinking. It's it's really kind of got me thinking. Have we ever seen a long-term plan that was widely talked about and stated work out as poorly as the process? Have we ever seen this? We've seen a lot of big threes put together that crashed and burned. We've seen a lot of, you know, the remember when the Eagles had Vince Young and and all those guys. It was Vince Young, Mike Vick, Asante Samuel, Nandi Osmo, all these guys, and that didn't work out. But that was like hodgepodge, like, oh, we're going to push a bunch of really big names together. They're going to be good. I've never seen something. I I would say, no, no, I would say, I would say if the 49ers don't do it this year, they would be on that that list. Hmm. That's fair. That, That's fair. That, that would be because they, they traded. Remember, they traded. They got rid of Cap and they were sorry for a while. Yeah, this 49ers right? roster been cooking for a minute. They was they got rid of Cap and they were sorry for a while. Right? They they invested in defense. They got one of the Bosa brothers over there. Right. Then they got a lot of the, the, the Fred Warners and all those boys in the world, right? They went all in and got Christian McCaffrey. Right at the tail end of Jimmy Garoppolo, they gave Jimmy Garoppolo. That's the reason why he's paid right now. Let's not forget Jimmy Garoppolo was a backup quarterback. He got paid, and then they went out and got some receivers for him, and then they moved him out the way and brought in a young guy so they can amp up the offense and defense with a cheap contract with Brock Purdy. And then they went and got two new coaches in this process. So if they don't do it this year. I think the 49ers is up there with this process. But no, you know what? Uh, uh, if they do it this year, then no. You're very right. And I'll say the only difference for me is that at least with the 49ers, they weren't winning a lot, but they weren't setting records for how much they were losing. 
Like the 76ers yeah. set multiple records for most losses in <laughs> they that won span 10 of games time. in a year, right? They got the lo- they won 10 or 11 games one year, something like that. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. Like you could slip across a win or two in today's NBA. Like, come on, bro. What, what's going on here? Um, so, you know, I, I look at this situation. And I say to myself, man, this is very nasty. But let's talk about the Clippers before we move on to our next point here. What is their ceiling with this team as it's assembled now? A fully healthy Clippers team. Don't you drink that Kool-Aid. Ceiling, ceiling, ceiling. Don't you drink that Kool-Aid. They could lose in the conference finals. But there are still, like, three teams in the conference finals, which I'll... Like, Golden State, the Lakers, Denver. Even with Harden, I see that Clippers team struggling to win seven games against... If you think of Golden State and Denver, you think of discipline on the floor. I have a hard time seeing them overcome that level of discipline. And if you look on the Lakers side of the ball, whenever it's time to play basketball, I don't really see LeBron and Anthony Davis going down to that Clippers roster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Chris, what's your ceiling for these boys? Well, I'll drink the Kool-Aid and it's 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 grape. <laughs> And it's fantastic. It got the right amount of sugar in it. It tastes good. They put the they put the lemon in that thing. They put the, the lemon, lemon in there. In there. Lemon. Hey, in by the way, if you go over somebody's house, if you go over somebody's house and they got the chill Kool Aid with the lemon in it overnight, man. Hey, what what that TikTok sound say? Someone cooked here. Someone <laughs> cooked here. Go listen, ahead. listen, go ahead. listen, listen. Them brothers can win an NBA championship, right? They have everything they need to win an NBA championship. They have a a coach that has won an NBA championship. Let's start there. They have mm-hmm. a two-time finals MVP. Let's start there. You got yeah. playoff P who has shown that he can be good in the playoffs, but in big time lights, he kind of shrinks a little bit. But guess what? You have somebody that has stepped up in that occasion, right? You also have James Harden who's shown signs where he can step up. Now, he's been shy to the light as well, but you also have another person in Russell Westbrook that has shown he can step up, right? Then you have Terrence Mann still there, right? And not to mention, not to mention, not to mention, this is the the driving factor for me. You're playing this year in hopes to build a big enough fan base where you can still populate the new Clippers arena while the Lakers still have the main fan base in Los Angeles. So I'm just going to say all that to say that ceiling is the championship. The floor, I would say, is they get eliminated in the second round. If they get eliminated in the second round, then pack of the mail is gone. They need to just go ahead and let that go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, all four of the contracts up. I'd, exactly. I'd say, I'd say the floor is a first-round exit. I'd say the ceiling... I see a conference finals appearance. I see a conference finals appearance. I can't see unless they get a lot of luck with injuries, and not just in terms of their injuries, in terms of their opponents as well. I mean, if you look at it though, what team has four guys that can facilitate and defend and also um, play 40 minutes a night? What team has two guys that you know for a fact? One of which has forced his way out of how many teams now? We got the 76ers. We got the Rockets. We got the Nets. Okay. Forced his way out of three teams and another star that has not played more than what, what's the most games Kawhi has played in the regular season in the last, let's say five years, let's say four to five years. Can you look that up for me, Josh? Let's, let's get I that number you. rolling. Now, 
I, I agree. The talent is there. If we're talking like who would I run with on 2K? Oh, this team all day. Like th- this is the squad that I'm running with. They got everything you could need. Uh, the last time Kawhi played over 60 games was the 2016-17 season. Mm. He doesn't have to play. Over year after he played more. nine. Year after that he played sixty. Year after that he played fifty-seven, fifty-two, zero, fifty-two, and then this season just started. That is similar to what Anthony Davis played, by the way. The last time that Kawhi Leonard played three quarters of the season or more, Josh and I both had four heads of hair. Full healthy heads of hair. <laughs> no, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Guyton was bald way before, way before 2016. You weren't bald in 2016, were you? 2016? Yeah, 2016, I was bald. Oh, yeah, never mind. Yeah. Yeah, bro, come on now. Never mind. Never mind. Either way it goes, I had hair in 2016, damn it. I had hair then, okay? I'm just Hairline saying, was you, asked me what, you, you asked me what... The ceiling was. They have, like you just said, they have everything they need they, to win a championship. They've, ra- I think that they raised the Clippers ceiling higher than it's ever been. Have they ever made a conference finals appearance, Josh? Um, they made one a few seasons ago. They lost to, or did or did they? No, no, that was second round. That was second round. That was second they, round. They, they, yeah, they lost to Dallas yeah. in the second round. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, they, of. They've never, they've never made a conference finals. And they with that not. in mind, and with that in mind. I just want to let everybody know um, they've raised the ceiling for that for that program or that team. They've, they've raised the ceiling. That's not a championship team. Listen, bro. Listen, bro. Listen, bro. Golden State is cooked if they match up against the Clippers. They are cooked. I agree. I agree. They are cooked. But, you have but two, the Clippers, two guys that you can throw at the best scorers on the Golden State Warriors. The problem is the Clippers are cooked if they run into anybody else. They're cooked if they run into anybody. Nope, they made one. That year, uh, they lost to Phoenix, 2021. Oh, okay. Yep. One conference finals appearance ever. Well, never mind. They didn't raise the ceiling. They're just getting back to where the ceiling was in the past. Congratulations. Everybody clap it up like we're on drink champs because trust me, old boys ain't going no further than that. I'm I not a believer in the, I, as a bald man, am not a believer in Clippers. I have a straight <laughs> razor now. And that's what I stick to. And I'm gonna I ain't going to hold you, bro. Okay? I ain't, until AD show me some consistency, y'all can miss me with this Lakers talk. Y'all can. Here's the thing. And here's the bro. thing. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. But you know what AD has? You know what AD has that Paul George doesn't? A ring. You know what he has that Russell Westbrook doesn't? A ring. That's you know what cute. he has that that's James cute. Harden doesn't? A ring. Like, that, that, at the end of the day. That's cute. That's cute. AD has he done enough. It. He can wave it in the offseason, but that's cute. That's cute. At the end of the day, Anthony Davis has done enough. He's been healthy enough. He's been there for enough to get himself a ring. The only player of this core that we're talking about with the Clippers that we can say that about is Kawhi Leonard. And when Kawhi got that ring, the, the team intentionally said, hey, brother, you don't need to play most of these games, man. We got it. We'll get there. We'll handle it. You just figure it out. Kawhi has objectively lost a step. Lost multiple steps, if you will. Because yeah. Jordan Clarkson having you in hell on the last possession of a game is insane. <laughs> that is insane. <laughs> and so, going forward from there, I'm saying, well, if Kawhi can't be your closer, who's the next in line? Is it is it Harden? Is it Paul George? 
Who's your closer? Who's your close? Who's the guy that you say, hey, when it, when the going gets tough and we need to roll the ball out and get a basket, I'm gonna roll it to him. Because we've seen Paul George in that situation, didn't we? Did we? We we've seen him. And you know what Paul George does I don't know in that what situation? Happened, though. He used to you know what Paul I'm, I'm yeah, I'm the, it's that that Utah series broke him. I don't know what it was. Before that Utah Bro, series, he, Paul George he, he was, was him. The, he was clutch in before that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know and look at him happened. now. Now he's still screaming, that's a bad shot. That's a bad shot. Well, guess what, Paul? The shot went in. It went in. Hey, it could be hey, 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 like a five-minute compilation on YouTube of people hitting game winners on Paul George. Hate that. Yeah. I ain't gonna. I ain't gonna hate it or not, bro. That that was a bad shot. That was a bad shot. And you know what? That was anybody else shot. but Dame. But guess what? <laughs> guess what? That's a bad shot that broke up your band. My bad. <laughs> that shot could have been bad, could have been nasty, could have been ugly. It's like somebody saying, Chris, you got a lucky bet on those stocks. Well, guess what? If you went in at 10 cents a share and put in $3,000 and it shot up to $20,000 a share, oh, well, so what did I got lucky? I'm still a billionaire. I still did the yeah. thing. You know, so, uh, and, and again, nobody on this team has shown me anything of a championship pedigree. Russell Westbrook is nowhere near the guy he was when he was a, a MVP. James Harden, nowhere near the guy that he was when he was an MVP. Paul George, nowhere near the guy that he was back in Indiana. I'd even say in the early parts of OKC. Nowhere near that guy. It's cute. It's cute. But you know what this is? You know what this is? This is Scottie Pippen, Clyde Drexler, Charles Barkley. And was Hakeem on that team or no? Am I making that up? Yeah, yeah. It was Hakeem, Charles Barkley, yeah. Scottie Pippen. Yeah, that's what Wrestler. this is. That's what this is. It yeah, is. That's what this is. It is. Yeah. And I, 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 I made that point on Twitter yesterday. One thing I do want to like shut down though is a lot of people are um under the impression that James Harden is gonna be bad for team chemistry and this is no, gonna that's like stupid. break. Yeah, that's stupid. These are all four guys in the same age group that all grew up in the AAU circuit together. If you look at it, all of these dudes are from the same area. They all played on the. I was AAU just about to say, aren't they area. all from Cali as well? Aren't they all yeah. from Southern California? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. This even if even if they weren't like this is not a situation where when you think of guys that are bad for team chemistry, even the guys that are worse in the world for team chemistry, it takes time for them to ruin that chemistry. They just don't come in and on day one. It's like. Oh my God, bro! Why did you bring him? I swear <laughs> to God, you could have brought anybody else in. It generally works like you you stay with this guy for a while and he just starts grinding your gears. You know, like, oh, at first it's funny. He's cute. Ah, da, 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 da. And then over time, it's like, all right, bro, please stop. Stop doing that thing where you use the forks as teeth and do the walrus thing. It's boring. It's boring. <laughs> stop. Like, you know what I mean? They haven't had time for that yet. So I don't think it's going to be a, a problem with team chemistry there. But now, before we get out of here, fellas, we, we got to get into one last thing because we've touched on a lot. We've gotten through this rundown in, in a more smooth way than we ever have. But we also have the NFL trade deadline that came. OK, now we got the 49ers snatching up Chase Young. We got the Dolphins snatching up their chase in Chase Claypool. And we got the Lions bringing back home Cast Tech graduate. University of Michigan graduate, All-Stater, All-American, Donovan, Peoples, Jones, returning home to the Lions for a six-round pick, by the way. 
Fellas, tell me which one of these moves was most impactful and why. Um, so it's two moves that I look at that are most impactful. One is Chase Young going to um uh the 49ers. 49ers got a top tier defense. Well, what is supposed to be a top tier defense? Yeah. I'm not sure what's going on what's going on in that coaching tree, but I don't think that defense has impacted the game as much as they should have so far this season. But when you look at that defensive line now, they are three pieces very strong in the middle and on the ends. You got Bosa and you got Chase Young now. If you if the the 49ers like we were saying earlier in the show, if the 49ers don't run away with at least the NFC, they can consider this season a failure. Mm-hmm. And then the other one that you look at the the Lions picking up Donovan Peoples Jones. I know he's not. You don't think of that name when you think of a top tier receiver. But the Lions already got their number one. They got Amaron yeah. Say Brown, and I think uh, the one of the biggest pieces about the the Lions still not finding their groove of a team that's slowly transitioned into a winning team. On that third down, on that fourth down, where you're going for it, everybody knows the ball is going to Amaron Say Brown. They might get away with a trick play every once in a while, gain a couple yards, but we know where the ball is going. That gives us a good enough number two that's reliable enough to catch the ball. And all. But as much as I love J-Mo, you see the speed, you see the athleticism, you see the intangibles, but also the NFL, you're playing with professionals. He still got a little bit of time before he can put it together to where he's that reliable number two. Okay. All right. Oh, I also forgot Kevin Byer to the Eagles as well. Kevin Byer to the Eagles uh, from the Titans to the Eagles. Another trade that was made there. Chris, which one of these moves is the most impactful to you? Microphone is off. I was just definitely, about to say, was definitely, I? Definitely, definitely Chase Young. Definitely Chase Young. Um, uh-huh. I think that the the crazy part is that we just talked about how the 49ers did all this for their journey. And here they go doing one more thing. And their season actually is quite falling apart right now with these last string of losses they just had. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is a, this is definitely a hail Mary by them to say, okay, maybe we need to add more defense. Maybe, but you know, Brock Purdy's looking more nervous than he ever did in the first five games. He came out hotter than it's grease. I'm talking, people start looking at his salary like, we need to pay him a little bit more. And then he said, <laughs> joke's on you guys. I'm still <laughs> young in the NFL. <laughs> I was still Mr. Irrelevant for a reason. Let me tell y'all this. I look at this and a lot of people say Kevin Byer to the Eagles is one because he's a top, at worst, like at worst, I would say top six safety in the league. Top six. Yeah. I want to go chase young though because like we've already talked about, it's no way that if you're the 49 the 49ers are pushing all their chips to the middle of the table. Think about how many trade draft picks they traded for um, for Trey Lance because they thought Trey Lance is our quarterback of the future. He's going to be the guy. He's going to work out, yada, yada, yada. It didn't, right? And then they trade some more picks for McCaffrey. They got Trent Williams on the, on the humbug. They got him on the dirt cheap because the situation with the cancer misdiagnosis in Washington, sure. But now you're looking at them going back in and saying, all right, we have got to get another big time pass rusher because Bosa it has been one of the most effective pass rushers in the league all year. Unfortunately, he doesn't have a partner in crime. Teams can slide to him. Teams can double and triple him. Do you know Joey Bosa is, I want to say his pass rush win rate in terms of one-on-ones is about 24, 25%. So that means one out of every four times that a team drops back, he's going to get home or he's going to affect that play. Do you know what the next highest is on that team? 
on that team, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to go, I'm going to say 11%. Correct. 11%. Exactly oh, don't tell 11%. me, don't tell me who. Uh, 11% and you looking at, I'm trying to think of them boys in the middle. I know they got, is it Hargrave 11%? Now your microphone is off. Hold on, let me pull that up because I don't want to lie to you. I don't want to tell you something that I don't know. I know my boy from uh, the Steelers got to be on there. Um, I'm talking about for just for the 49ers. So let me see here. Uh, the but either way it goes, the next highest pass rush win rate is again. You're looking at a very very low percentage. And um, let me see. Let me see. The next highest is. Oh, they're not even telling me the player. All right. Well, I can't find the player right now, but the next highest player is about 11%. Long story short, he needed help. He needed some support. And I'm going to tell you what. I thought that the best Christmas gift that Bosa could have ever received was playing the Ravens, who are known for having an all-black quarterback room on Christmas. But Chase Young may be a better Christmas gift. He may be a better Christmas gift because, I mean, he's finally got a guy that while Chase Young has been up and down, when he's up, oh, he's up like Chuck. He's he's an amazing edge rusher in his own right. And a lot of people are saying, well, the money doesn't work out and the 49ers aren't going to be able to pay him. It doesn't matter if you're able to pay him if you win a Super Bowl this year. You did what you needed to do. He, he accomplished his purpose. Uh, so it'll be, be interesting to see that. Anywho. I know y'all tired of us talking about these pass rushers, talking about the NBA, talking about who did and did not show up. Because, by the way, trust me, if we weren't running a little bit long, we would for sure get in talks about these rookies because Victor Wimbiyama is looking great. Chet Holmes yeah. is looking great. They're now calling that young man in Portland Poot Henderson, which we may <laughs> need to discuss. Brandon Miller, is he's trying his best to beat those. There's something Leary and Charlotte accusations going on. But come on back next week and the week after that and the week after that. Peace and love, y'all.